Good morning, Living Church. If I haven't got the opportunity to meet you yet, my name is Whitney, and I get to be the associate pastor here at Living Church, and I'm excited to share and talk with you this morning about what God's placed on my heart about Better Together. But before I do, I've got to give a thank you to our pastor, Pastor Tristan, for the opportunity. Yes, you know, uh, I believe a great leader gives things away, especially when they know that it's beneficial for others. And so as we were talking and planning about this series, and specifically this week, he was like, you got to talk about this. This is your heart. This is who you are. And so I'm excited to share what uh, God's taught me. In fact, he didn't teach it to me like in a week where I prayed and said, okay, God, what do I tell them? But it's been a journey for me in my life. And so it's something that I really believe strongly in and that God has taught me uh, through, through a process. And so I'm excited about it this morning. But before we jump into that, hey, uh, last week, Pastor Trustin shared some better togethers. And so, of course, I got to share some of mine. He shared about peanut butter and jelly, which is a great one and, of course, one that we all know and love. But I thought, what are the better togethers of the Whitney edition and for me, he said chips and salsa, but for me, it's chips and queso. And so if you want to invite me to dinner and you uh, want to take me somewhere great, just make sure they've got some great queso to go along with it when we're there. Um, for me, shampoo is better as long as there's conditioner because you don't want to wash your hair and then dry it. It's all frizzy and crazy. So shampoo and conditioner are better together. Can I get an amen, ladies? That's right. Skinny jeans... And high heels are better together. That's just the way it is. You can wear skinny jeans with whatever kind of shoes you want, but for me, they're better together. And uh, that uh, also makes me think about this time of year, the fall time now in Texas. I know this weekend it was a little confusing. But in the fall, scarves and lattes are better together, right? And if you notice, just to point it out, she also has on skinny jeans and high heels. And they're better together, which reminds me of another thing that I love, breakfast. Breakfast and coffee are better together, right? But lunch and coffee are better together, right? And then it makes me think about dinner, and dinner and coffee are better together. I don't know if you noticed the theme, but then you got to have a little bit of dessert, even though the health challenge, you got to get some balance in life, right? And so dessert and coffee are better together. I don't know if you know me at all, but that's what I think. Um, and so then I thought about a couple of the couples, right, because we're talking about togetherness. And in my generation, generation Ross and Rachel are better together. It took them like 10 years to finally figure it out, but Ross and Rachel are better together. And then when I was younger, one of my hashtag goal couples was Uncle Jesse and Aunt Becky, right? Because they were better together, have mercy, you know? And, uh, and then, of course, the couple, the best couple of all time, right? The best TV couple you can think of in all the world. They taught us that patience and uh, being willing to wait really pays off, right? Because Jim and Pam, y'all, they're better together. But God wants us to live better together, doesn't he? Pastor Trustin said it last week that we are all better together, but you are better in the together. He read uh, from Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, let us consider how we may spur 
one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, he wore his cowboy boots, and I couldn't do that here on a Sunday. One, I don't have great ones that people have bought for me, but also, two, I got to wear my high heels and my skinny jeans. So I wore some that have some spurs on the sides, some spikes, so that we can spur each other on in love and good deed this morning, right? I'm passionate about the subject of friendship. I love people. I love relationships. And I believe that God created us to be better together. He made Adam, and he immediately said, this is not good for man to be alone, and so he made Eve. And then when Jesus came, he set the perfect example by having, he didn't do his ministry alone, he had the 12 that he did it alongside of. And so as I've prepared for this message, and I was like, God, what is my heart in the Better Together? One of my um, favorite pastor ladies, she's a co-pastor with her husband in the UK, her name is Charlotte Gamble. I read a quote that she said, that we waste when we wander what could have been built through belonging. And you know, the enemy, he knows that when we're wandering around, we're just wasting our resources, we're wasting our time, but God wants us to belong. He wants us to be in a place where we can build something together. We've got to be planted, like Pastor Trustin talked about last week. Psalms 92, 13, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. And I don't know about you, but I believe there's more. And I want to flourish in my life. And so it's time to start building. It's time to belong, right? And so the enemy, we have to be aware, though. We don't talk about him to give him power or to give him authority in any way, but we just have to recognize his schemes so that we can fight back. And so he uses tools of uh, comparison and busyness and uh, offense. One of his easiest tools right now in life is social media, right, where we can get so easily offended or we can so easily compare somebody else's highlight reel to our behind the scenes and go, man, my life just isn't adding up. But he wants to keep us that way because he wants us to be alone. But alone is dangerous. Alone leaves us vulnerable to attack, and it keeps us from the more that God has for us. It makes us full of fear and jealousy and insecurity, but together is better. Together spurs us on in love and good deeds. Encouraging one another, it makes us courageous and confident and secure. And uh, together keeps us from quitting, right? It's super powerful. We are better together, and you are better in this together. Today, my key text is from Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Pastor Trustin read it at the end of last week's message because it speaks to the why of why we're better together. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls down and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. And it speaks to the why, but the more I read it, I realized it speaks to the how. It speaks to how we're better together. Because together takes work. Together requires picking people up when they fall and braving the cold to keep them warm, defending uh, each other from attack, and sticking together when life is really hard and trying to rip us apart, right? And so today I'm just going to share what God's taught me. That's it. I'm not up here saying, I got it figured out. I'm all better together. That's not what it is, but God's taken me on a journey. And so hear my heart today on the things that he's taught me, because he taught me in my experience that there are different levels of togetherness. So I may, had Harlan make this fancy graphic to show you there's different levels of togetherness. Thank you, Harlan. 
but um, because we were better together. And so uh, I just want to say this before I start. We're all on different levels in togetherness. And so wherever you find yourself today as I'm talking, understand that God has more for you. And so we're all in a different level, and we don't need to be insecure or compare what level you're on to what level somebody else is on. So I just want to make sure that's out of the way this morning. But the first level is very simple. It's finding your together. I grew up planted in a church from the time I was eight years old until the time I moved to Texas. My dad was a pastor of a church in Oklahoma. Shout out to the Oklahomans in the room. That's right. And um, I grew up super planted. I had so much community. I had people that I loved and that I knew were cheering me on. I had family. All of my, all of my family lives within a 10-mile radius from each other. And so I was super planted, but then it's actually ironic, eight, week, uh, eight years ago to this very week, my husband interviewed for a job in Texas, and we decided to move here. Uh, we felt like God really was calling us here, even though we were uprooting ourselves from where we were planted. We moved 350 miles away from home, and I knew that my first objective when I got here was to find togetherness again, right? I had to find it. But it's important when you're finding it that you find the right together. It's so important, right? We've been in I Pity the Fool series. We read through the book of Proverbs, and it talks about friendship so much in there. One of my favorite is Proverbs 12, 26. The righteous choose their friends carefully. We got to choose our friends carefully, y'all. 1 Corinthians 15, says, Do not be deceived, because bad company ruins good morals. The people you do life with are determining where your life is going. When I was a teach, uh, teenager, my youth pastor, shout out to the youth pastor on the front row, uh, he used to say all the time, show me your friends and I'll show you your future, right? And so as parents uh, nowadays, we care super a lot about who our kids are hanging out with. I want to know where, what they're about. I want to invite them over to my house and I want to like sit and eat pizza with them and I'm real uh, aggressive. I don't know the word. And so I ask them a lot of questions about what their intentions are with their life. But um, how many times as adults do we not pay the same attention? Does our life look like the future looks like righteousness and blessing or does it look like bitterness and negativity? You know, how many friends in your life that you have right now did you choose carefully? And so I knew that I had to find the right people. They could, it wasn't casual or just conven- convenient or proximity, but I had to find intentionally the right people to live in togetherness. And so I started to pray, and I was like, God, what do I do? What do I do? I've never had to do this before since I was eight years old. I've always had the same togetherness, and so what do I do? And he taught me that the first step is just to show up. That's all I got to do is show up. And so, y'all, I did some crazy stuff. I joined a Bunko group. Anybody know about Bunko? You, like, roll dice, and I don't even know. I don't even know what you do. But I joined a Bunko group. I joined a Bible study in our neighborhood. And, Jen, I even joined the PTA, okay? That is not my world, but I did it because I was trying so hard to be in the PTA. Or to be in the PTA, to be in the together. I couldn't find it in the PTA. Sorry, you're great at it, but not me. Uh, and church, of course, right? We showed up for church. Y'all, you would laugh at how hard we showed up for church. There were weeks, my husband is the, is the testament to, that we would go to church three times. We would go to two services on a Sunday morning, and then sometime in that week or even that Sunday night, I'd find another place. I'd be like, we got to go here. We got to try it. We got to find the right place because I was trying so hard to find together. 
But all I was doing was showing up. And so eventually I got a little bit frustrated because I was like, God, I'm showing up. What? I'm showing up when I'm insecure and I'm showing up when I'm tired and I'm showing up when I'm sick or busy. I'm still showing up. And that's what you got to do. You got to show up no matter what. But he reminded me and whispered and said, hey, yeah, you're showing up, but you're not really doing anything else once you get there. And uh, I was like, dang, you're right. You're right, God, you're right. And so... <laughs> It's hard even just to show up sometimes when you don't know anybody or, or uh, anything about where you're going. But we got to show up and then we got to step out, right? We got to step out. The difference is that stepping out is a whole other action. It moves us from where we were to an uncomfortable place where we weren't before. And we got to step out. And so, you know, now as a pastor, I wasn't a pastor then, but now I hear it a lot. Like, I came to your event. But, you know, uh, nobody really talked to me, so it really wasn't good. I don't think anybody's friendly. I don't want to come back. Um, and my question now, uh, back then it would have been like, yeah, I know, it's so hard, right? It's the worst. But now, because God's taught me, my question now is, well, did you say hello to anyone when you got there? And so my new mantra in life is to say hello first. When I walk in a room, it doesn't matter if they make more money than me or if they're cuter than me or if their skinny jeans are better or whatever. I'm going to say hello first because I want to step out into the togetherness that God has. C.S. Lewis has this quote I love that says, Friendship is born at the moment when one person says to another, What? You too. I thought I was the only one. And in order to find that moment, you have to step out. And I'm not going to lie to you. There were moments when I got super rejected. Like, no, I don't want to come to coffee with you. Oh, okay, great. That's fine. Uh, and there are times when you go and you have coffee and it's super awkward. And you're like, I know I told them that I had to leave at 2 to get my kids. But really, I, can I tell them 1.15 instead? You know, because it's not that fun. And it might happen for you. It might happen for you. You might make a, a date with somebody or you might, you and your husband set up a time, uh, husbands to go play basketball with a guy or to go on a dinner date with friends and you might get stood up. They might not even show up. Uh, you might spend $40 on dinner and drive home in the car. I'm telling you, it happened to me more than once uh, and think, well, that was just money flushed down the drain. That was a waste of time. But you'll never, ever find something that you're not actively looking for, Right? Y'all know I like to shop. I'm real honest about it. God's working on me to stay in budget all the time. But uh, when I go to shop, right, when I go to find my black bomber jacket to wear to preach, I'm intentional. I'm purposeful. I'm going to go in to the store, and I'm going to try on all the things that I, uh, that I need in order to find the right one, right? And I'm not going to stop until I find what I need. And so I'm actively stepping out to pursue my jacket or to pursue a shirt that I might need or a dress that day. And so as I was stepping out, I continued to pray. There's this verse, um, there's this, uh, the, this couple of this team of friends in the Bible that I love. Jonathan and David, they're friends. Um, Saul is Jonathan's dad and David, you know, later becomes the king. And so you can read the whole story, but it's in 1 Samuel 18.1. It says, now it came about when David had finished speaking to Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as himself. And that's what I would pray when I would pray for a friend. I would say, God, I want a friend that you have knit my soul to, that we love each other as ourselves. But I had to put myself out there and step out before I could find that. And so 
we'd been going to a church. We finally found one instead of going to four or three or whatever on a Sunday. We finally found one that we were going to actively every week, but there just still wasn't something right. We didn't feel like stepping out there uh, was the thing we were supposed to do. And a friend of mine on Facebook wrote, I'm moving to Mansfield, Texas with a a launch team to plant a new church. And she says, where even is Mansfield, Texas? And I'm like, I don't know, but I just moved here. And so I was so excited. And so I messaged her and I talked to my husband about it. And we decided together, hey, let's go. Let's step out. And we'd been a part of a church plant from our home church uh, that had launched before and previously. And so we knew that it was going to be work. And it was going to be different, and it was going to uh, not be super easy, but we thought, let's step out and just see. And, you know, i got to be real honest, it was kind of awkward. Because I knew we were joining up with a team of people that already knew each other. They already had a relationship. They were already in togetherness. And they didn't really need us, right? What were they going to need from us? Just some scrubs from Oklahoma, right? And so, but we showed up, and we stepped out, and we decided to serve and be a part of it. And in that, in that season, in that early time, one of the first days that we were there, I met this girl. She came from this totally different cultural background than me. She had only been married a couple of years, and I was almost at a decade. She had no kids, and I had these crazy toddler kids. On the outside, it really didn't look like it made a lot of sense for me to pursue Uh, connection and relationship with her. In fact, I was like, she already has this community of people. Why would she want to be friends with me, right? And so it was a little bit intimidating. But can I tell you something that I learned from that? Some friendships may not make sense in the moment, but they make perfect sense for your destiny. And God had me meet my friend Rachel, and he joined our journeys together on purpose for his purposes. And so when I met Rachel, I loved her. My soul was knit to her the moment we met And um, I knew that was because I stepped out that God allowed us to find each other. And so we we were hanging out and doing, and I loved her. She was great. But I told Aaron, it's time. We got to invite them both over for dinner. And I got to be real honest. I was real nervous, y'all. Because her husband, he was kind of intimidating. (laughs) Like real confident and strong and like real authoritative, and I was a little nervous at some point during dinner, he might yell across the table at me, shut up, fool, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But it honestly ended up being one of the best nights we ever had, and we talked and laughed, and because I'm me, I ended up telling him at the end of the night, hey, I was real scared of you, but you're actually a real nice guy. And... uh, (laughs) But through meeting and connecting with them, I learned the importance of sticking with it. You got to stick with it. Don't quit. Don't give up after four dinners with four different friends who didn't click in the way you wanted them to. You got to keep trying on jackets and keep trying on shirts. You got to stick with it. Because so the first level of finding together, or is finding together. You got you to show up. You got to step out. You got to stick with it. Right? And then... Once you do that, the next level is to fight for together. you got to fight for together because now you've found it, and guess what the enemy is going to want to do? He's going to want to take it back as fast as he can. And so in fighting for it together, it's the same three steps God taught me. you just got to show up. you got to step out. you got to stick with it. That's it. And so it happens in big ways and small ways, this fighting thing, Right? We all have seasons of warmth and seasons of cold, and we got to huddle up as penguins together. Ecclesiastes 4, 10, and 12 says, If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. 
but pity anyone who falls and no one ha- and has no one to keep them uh, help them up. Also, if two lie down, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And this is a level that kind of takes the most time and the most effort and the most energy. But can I tell you, anything worth having is worth fighting for, right? And so you have to be willing to fight. You have to show up. You have to show up in the middle of their fight. Because in togetherness, you learn that their fight becomes your fight. And 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, And so encourage one another and help one another, just as you are doing now. And so sometimes showing up is just saying, I'm here. I think we get so worried and concerned that we don't have the right words to say. But you don't have to have the right words to say. You just have to be present. And your presence can make all the difference sometimes. I remember I was working um, at this time. I worked for another company uh, in, in retail and, and, and fragrance and skincare and haircare. That's why I like to be all unfashionable all the time. And I got a call from Tristan, and he sounded a little panicked. And he said, hey, I'm at the Mansfield Fall Festival, and it's about to start, and I'm in charge of all these volunteers. And Rachel just went to the hospital, and they think her, something's wrong with her appendix. And I was like, oh, man. And so I just went. I just left, and I just showed up. And this is only a little, we hadn't known each other super long, but I thought, of course, of course I'm going to show up. And you know what was even cooler about that? I met my friend April there because she came to the hospital to show up for Rachel too. And so in that, our togetherness reached this whole other level of growth and togetherness. And so we met each other and we connected. And I'll be honest, it's awkward to sit in a hotel room with someone you don't, or a hospital room with someone you don't know well. But in the showing up, a relationship is formed. And the next morning as she had surgery to have her appendix out, I'm sitting in the waiting room with her terrifying husband thinking, I don't want <laughs> thinking, uh, I got to show up. I got to be here. But honestly, I was there for them, but I was really there for me too. Because in the finding of each other and in the fighting for each other, I had to show up. And then uh, it's always that give and take, right? And then the next step is a little bit even more work. We got to step out, right? We got to step out. It's easy sometimes for people like me. The step out is easy for me. I like the work of stepping out and reaching out to people, but you also have to be willing to let other people step out for you. You know, I've been accused in my life of being a little pushy, but that's just because I like to be helpful. That's all it is. And so, but if somebody in your life needs you, you have to be willing to step out and into their fight. You need to con- help them confront an issue, maybe, or, or, or something they're going through. you got to help them. Um, I remember I, when they were moving from Houston is where they came to, to Mansfield. And I remember they were super stressed. They had nowhere to live. And so they sold their house in Houston, and they were trying to figure out what to do and how to move back. And I was like, we just got to go. We just got to go with them and help them. We hadn't known each other like five minutes. And so I called my mom because what, I had two little kids at home. It didn't make a lot of sense what I was saying. But I was like, Mom, we, I need you to come and watch our kids. We're going to go with our new friends to their house down in Houston, and we're going to put it in a U-Haul, and we're going to bring it back. And I don't really know. I think we're going to put it maybe in a storage unit. I'm not sure. And she's like, who? What? What are you going to do? But all I knew is God told me we had to step out. We had to be helpful. And in the moment of carrying their baggage and putting it on a truck, we built trust that we had no idea would later help us in carrying the heavier, weightier baggage in their life that had nothing to do with a U-Haul truck. And those are the moments, can I tell you? Let's just talk about baggage for one second. Everybody's got baggage, y'all. Let's just talk about it. 
You're not going to meet a friend who doesn't have something that they've walked through or are going to walk through in their life. And so if you're looking for somebody that's not sticky or messy, it doesn't exist. And if somebody tells you it does, they're lying to you. Like, we have to be willing to carry each other's bags and help each other because you're just never going to find people that don't. Jesus said in John 15, 12, my command is this, to love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for one's friend. He said, as I have loved you, we know that he came and he carried all our baggage, right? He took it all on him at the cross. And so if he can do that, who are we to not do that for other people, right? And so, you know, like I said, there were moments of light fights and light things that we had to fight through. But then there were some really, really heavy ones. And we could, I could sit here and tell you stories for all day long, but I'm not going to do it. But... For us in our life, there were two moments that were super heavy. For me, I told you, I grew up in the same place, planted from the time I was eight years old until the time I moved here. But about five years ago, my family went through a heavy season and my parents got divorced. It was really hard. My dad stepped away from ministry and pursued some other things in life that he decided were more important. And I was devastated. I was rocked. My world was upside down flipped. I was depressed. And uh, I really wasn't even sure what, what, which end was up. But in that moment, my friends, they stepped into my pain. They stepped into my despair. And they helped carry me up and pick me up and carry me when I couldn't hardly even stand on my own. You know, and then through the years, there have been seasons and moments. But can I tell you, uh, even just a few months ago, uh, many of you are aware, Aaron, uh, we tra tragically lost Aaron's brother in an accident. And um, it was devastating. It was so hard. We were kind of so in shock that we didn't really know what to do. But it was the people in our life that showed up, that stepped out, and they fought with us in the middle of it. They said, let me get your kids. Let me, let me make a meal for you. Let me grab Aaron. I remember Clint. Hey, Aaron, we're going to lunch. Let me know. How are you doing? What's going on? Kevin texting him constantly all the time. Here's some scripture. Where, what can we do for you? And, of course, our friends, the Baptist, taking care of us in ways we didn't even know we needed to be taken care of. And so in that season of deep, deep pain, we were able to stand up and walk through it because we had people walking with us in our togetherness. And so I'm telling you, you got to show up and you got to step out. you got to be willing to step out and get a little dirty and fight through the muck of it because a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. And in the fight, you gotta stick with it. You gotta stick with it. I said it before, the enemy's gonna try to steal it, but you gotta stick with it. You gotta jump, uh, jump in with both feet and you gotta fight and you gotta stop wandering, stop comparing, stop getting all worked up in offense. Be willing to say sorry first. Be willing to say sorry because the humility of it, it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong, but the humility, it diffuses offense faster than anything else. Depth's not easy, y'all, but it's powerful. Fake relationships, they're just worthless and a waste of time. And so you got to be willing to tell each other the truth, to say hard things, to spur one another on in love, right? I understand that friendship can be a lot, really hard. And sometimes people hurt you really bad. But when you find the right togetherness and you fight for it together, it makes life so much easier. We know, in, and even in this season for us, we had, to, we had to fight really hard in sticking together, in finding friendship. We were in the middle of a church plant. It was super busy. 
We were working all the time and busy and tired, but we had to fight through it. We had to show up and decide that the moments we were setting up and tearing down for a Sunday service were also moments where we were hanging out with each other. We had to change our perspective and our heart of the fact that when we were serving, we were getting to do life together. And, um, you know, I think that when we decide not to quit, it makes it so much easier to keep fighting, right? And so you got to not quit. Don't move on when you should stay and fight. You got to fight together because the next level is the best level. You get to fulfill life together. You get to fulfill life together. It's that first verse of Ecclesiastes 4, 9. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. You know, and I think you think about it and you think, well, yeah, they have a double return for their labor, right? Because there's two instead of one. Uh, so I'm going to talk about oxen for a second, which is real hard because it's like the plural of just the word ox, but it's, that's what it means, right? So an ox, one ox can pull, uh, he has a purpose in life and his purpose to fulfill is to just haul junk around. That's what his purpose is. And so he can pull about 8,000 pounds. But when you join a second oxen with him, so that you would think that it would mean that they could pull 16,000 pounds, Right? But they don't. They pull like 26,000 or more pounds together when they're joined together in two because it multiplies. And so two are better in one because they have a great return for their labor. And there are some things in life that God has destined for you that you will only be able to fulfill in the together. God has a specific plan and purpose for your life, and he has brought the people into your life on purpose for his purposes. His purposes for you, but also his purposes for them. That's the essential piece. And so we got to recognize that in order to feel what he's called us to, we, just, we need each other. We need each other. we got to show up. we got to step out. we got to stick with it, y'all. And I look around this house, and I see so many faces of people that I know who are in that season of fulfillment because they've walked through those steps. In this, in this step of step up, or show up, I think of uh, my friends the Navas, Cassandra and Enrique. They're pillars in our church, y'all, but one day they were just people that just showed up. That's all they did. They just showed up, and then they kept showing up, and then they showed up some more, and then they invited some people to come alongside and show up with them. And then everywhere you turn, every time you turn around, they're there. They're just showing up. That's what they're doing. But they showed up. And now they're fulfilling things that mighty, mighty things that God has called them to because they're willing to show up. I think about stepping out. I think of my friend Tim Horton, and I could talk about Tim forever and a day, about the ways that he steps out for people and the people that he loves, the way he stepped out for me in my life. But in his life group, I've seen something miraculous and amazing I haven't seen in many places. But he steps out in big, huge ways. And he and his friends, the Rays, Daniel and Ashley, they live life together in such unique togetherness that they know that when one calls, they're going to answer and they're going to show up and they're going to step out. That's what they're going to do. A few weeks ago, I was talking to them and I was like, where is Ashley and Beth? And they were like, oh, you know, our friends, the Calicos that just moved across the country, um, they were in our life group for so long, but she's about to have a baby. And so we just, we, they just had to go. They had to go out there, and they had to clean her house, and they had to get her all set up for when the baby comes, and they had to make 30 meals and put it in the freezer so that when she was there, while she's in the middle of trying to find her togetherness again, she'd be well taken care of. 
and they stepped out into her, uh, into her situation without any need for anything in return. It's so, so powerful, y'all. I think about my friends Alex and Jackie Rodriguez and how they just step out no matter what, no matter what the need is. They're always willing to show up and to step out and to serve with all their heart and all their might. And then we get to stick with it. And when I think of stick with it, there's so many names and faces in this place of people who have stuck with it for us, uh, for us and with us in a long season. But I think of Dean Lovelacy, and I can't help but think of that. They stick with us in a way of showing up and serving and teaching us what it looks like to say, God, I'm called to this, to show up and to stick with it while they're setting up and tearing down. And are they going to have a building? And is anyone ever going to show up for this church or not? I don't know, but we're going to stick with it. And God's fulfilling mighty things in them that he had planned and purposed because they were willing to show up. I think about Marcy and Clint, their kids. And the way they stick with it, I could talk for hours about Marcy and how much I love her and how much she does for me. She'll just show up and do jobs that are never too small for her, but they're things I would never want to do. And I'm so thankful because she'll stick with it and she'll call me again and say, hey, but what needs to be done this week? And I'm like, well, you just came last week. What are you, you ain't got to help me today. And she's like, no, I gotta, you're my friend. I'm going to help you. How can I help you today? And think about the spark leaders from uh, yesterday. We this weekend we got to go with Pastor Trustin uh, to the youth convention in San Antonio, and I'm staring out at these leaders who are there with 40 kids, just loving on them and just fulfilling God's purpose in their life and His calling that He has for them. And they're just in their 20s, just young kids. But they stuck with it. They started with Spark in Far Best Theater with seven kids going to camp in a car. And they said, you know what? I see more in this. God's called me to something here. I'm going to stick with it. And so every week they're loving on your kids. They are serving them in living kids. And they are fulfilling life together in the plans and purposes that God has for them in their life. And it's incredible to see. It's so encouraging to my heart. And what's really cool is that the foundation of together, God provided the perfect environment for us, y'all. He did. Look, you didn't know something was going to show up on the screen, but there it is. It's the church, y'all. It's this place. When we're planted, togetherness is so much easier. Together. It's the place you find. It's the place you fight. And it's the place you fulfill together. We're better together, y'all, and you are better in the together. And so here's how, right? You just get on a team. You just show up. You just step out. You just stick with it. You decide to serve and find your place, and you uh, say hello first. You just look for somebody who looks lost and ask them to sit with you. You just show up and be a greeter. Go to a life group. Go to a life group. Go to a life group. I couldn't say it more times over and over again. If you are in the middle of trying to, in this level right here, find your together. If you're trying to find it, there is no greater place than life groups to find your together. Just show up. And then when you get there, just step out. Just say hi to somebody. Just ask them what they do for a living. And just stick with it. Just keep going. If you don't like that one, no one's offended. If you don't go back, go to another one. There's another. In fact, this week, they're having life groups. Even though it's Thanksgiving, they're doing some Friendsgiving type things, right? And hanging out and eating food together. That's like an easy softball one for you to show up and to be a part. And to see if you can uh, step out into that group and find together. And fight for it, y'all. Don't forget to fight. 
The enemy wants nothing more than to keep you alone and to keep you bitter and to keep you from flourishing and fulfilling all that he has for you. So fight, y'all, fight. And then once you find your people, just step out and fulfill it. You gotta fulfill it. There's insecurity in the not knowing how to do it, but now I just told you how. And you know where I got it? From the Bible. Like, <laughs> that's it from Jesus. It's in the Bible, y'all. And so whatever level you're on today, whatever uh, step you're on in your level, whatever it is, it's time to be better together. We're all better together, but you are better in the together. And I pray for you this morning. God, we love you. And we thank you that you brought us to this place. God, and we're here because you brought us here. And so now we're going to take the step to be planted here, God. And I pray for my friends, all my friends in this room, Lord, that as they step out, as they show up, as they step out, as they stick with it, that you will help them find the people in their life that they can fight and fulfill life together with, God. Lord, we thank you that your presence is with us in all things. You give us the confidence to show up and to step out and to stick with it. Lord, we love you. Thank you, God. Amen.